0: Good evening, um, everyone. It is Wednesday night, August 5th, uh, 2020, um, with our uh, Wednesday night weekly commentary for the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio. Um, I want to start just by acknowledging um, the, uh, the class that I've been teaching uh, at Cal State LA for the last uh, uh, few weeks um, during this, this summer term here. Uh, this is a personal financial planning class, which is one of the reasons actually we switched uh, to doing this on Wednesday nights, um, so that they could be a part of this uh, this podcast. And I just want to say it's really been a delight to work with these uh, young folks. They're, they're all bright, uh, bright young folks. They've got bright futures ahead of them. Um, and some of them, many of them, are, I think we're actually getting pretty close to graduating in the next term or two. Um, so anyway, I just, again, I want to say to you folks uh, that are on the call, I would my class tonight uh, on the call with us tonight uh thank you guys for just being a great class and it's been just a real joy with with you guys um so for for this week's commentary um what i thought would be interesting and this actually is what i did for the august 3rd commentary so this is the podcast that follows that this is this week's podcast of course um <clears throat> but we're going back to the august 3rd commentary and in this commentary i thought it would be interesting to actually look back on a commentary i did um on june 15th uh this year so we're kind of right in the middle of the um uh, uh the you know the the whole mess that we're in the coronavirus and the econ- economic uh, devastation and so forth um and so i wanted to kind of look back and see where we where we stand now we're seven weeks later uh into uh, uh we've got a good start into august um and kind of wanted to see where where we are and how things have changed, if they have. What I found actually was that things are really, really pretty similar uh, to where they were in in June. Now, in normal times, you would say, well, yeah, things aren't going to change that much in just seven weeks. But the uh, rapid pace at which everything has been developing, as everyone knows, um, in the class and everyone's on the the podcast, um, has just been such an unusual time. So anyway, uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of the things I wrote in that June 15th commentary then compare them to today, and then we'll end with um, uh, with some comments I have about the economy and how the markets are reacting uh, to it and so forth. So, um, uh, and by the way, uh, this commentary in, in the August 3rd edition of the, uh, the newsletter is entitled um, Not So Bullish But Still Overvalued uh, Part 5, and that's because these podcasts, if you've been following along, Uh, went from the first one I wrote on, uh, well, the first podcast I did on June 17th, actually referring to the June 15th commentary, was not so bullish, but it's still overvalued. That's what we talked about on June 15th. And then we had a same title, part two, same title, part three, same title, part four on July 8th. So now we're about a month later, same title, but now we're at uh, part five. Um, So here we go. What I wrote on June 15, the number of coronavirus cases across the US, and just see how this compares today, folks. Number of coronavirus cases across the US and globally is on the rise. Uh, The US and global economies continue to be adversely impacted by the coronavirus, and the economic effect is getting worse in most cases. And US states and many global countries appear to be reopening too soon. Now, actually, what has changed there is that we all reopen across the globe. Now, many uh, localities uh, are actually closing down again. Um, And so yet, despite this bad news uh, on the coronavirus and its effect on the worldwide economy, the stock market as measured by the Standard & Poor's 500 has risen from its March lows. um, And that's uh, certainly true today. Um, And so uh, what I said back then was all that remains below the high set in February. I don't know. I think we're probably actually about level with where we were Uh, we have to do a quick check and we won't do that tonight, but but we're we're certainly uh, back up there. Um, Now, what I commented on in June June 15th was that there are several factors to consider regarding the market. So, market in in quotation marks. Uh, The first factor is to ask, what is the market? Um, There are many gauges or indices which people use to refer to the market. The S&P 500 is only one such gauge Another popular measure is the market, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Uh, I'm sorry, the other popular gauge for the market is the Dow Dow Jones Industrial Average. Um, There are other indices for the markets, but these are the two that are the most often used by investors um, and referred to in the popular press. The next question to ask is, what is the composition of these indices? And this is kind of key. Um, Again, I'm paraphrasing here, folks. Uh, The S&P 500 is a market capitalization, so market capitalization weighted index of the 500 largest U.S. publicly traded companies. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, what we also call the Dow 30, is a price-weighted index. It gives companies with higher stock prices a higher index weighting. So the two indices are, are, are weighted very differently. Um, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, what we call the Dow 30, is 30 large publicly traded blue chip companies trading on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. Another important, Uh, Another factor and an important insight is that if one is using the S&P 500 as the gauge for the market, as many institutional investors do, and other other investors as well, it must be recognized that there may be a few very large capitalization stocks that dominate the index, and they may be distorting the true performance of the entire market. Uh, That is, in fact, what is happening. That's what I said back in June, and that's certainly uh, uh, true or more true today. Uh, The S&P 500 is currently dominated by Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, and Facebook. Back in June, uh, these stocks comprised approximately 20% of the market capitalization weighting. I don't know what it is today. I would say it's at least that, if not more, uh, just because those stocks have, for the most part, gone up a lot. Um, And those companies have been performing well in the market largely due to them being technology companies uh, that have products and services that are in high demand during this crisis. Um, And so as I note, this has been a significant factor in the surge in uh, what we're calling the market Um, Now back in June I said the market is measured by both the S&P 500 and the Dow Is overvalued as of Friday. So that would have been June 12th Yeah, yeah, Uh, June Friday, June 12th, the S&P 500 had a trailing pd ratio of 21.81 and the Dow had a trailing PD ratio of 21.41. Keep those numbers in mind, but I'll mention to you again in a second. Um, those numbers, uh, uh, 21.81 and 21.41, as I said back in June, that's an overvalued market. Um, our research um, that I, I did uh, some time ago, uh, looking back back over you know many decades uh, in the market, uh, you know a fair value price earnings ratio in the long term, uh, going back again many decades, um, is that fair value range of per PD ratios is in the 15 to 18 range. So these two at 21 and 21 range, they're, they're overvalued. Um, so I summed up, in, oh, I'm sorry, in my April 27th commentary, I've noted here in the, uh, at the end of the June 15th commentary, in my April 27th, um, I summed up the, car, the market valuation this way. Uh, the bottom line is that the stock market is sometimes wrong. So you might recall that there was a—I uh, did an article about the market sometimes being wrong. Uh, it'd be worth going back and, and uh, looking at that article again. Um, so the market's sometimes wrong. This can be seen quite clearly in the S&P 500 forward P/E and annualized ten-year returns. Uh, so there's a hyperlink in the current um, uh, commentary and in several of the other commentaries I've done over the last few weeks. That takes you to that chart that's a very very important chart I think it's one of the most important ones I've uh, you know seen in 38 uh, to 50 some odd years that I've been um, an investor you know, 50 some odd um, just investing and then 38 professionally uh, this is one of the best charts I've seen and, and I, that's why I keep referring to it. it's one I, I highly recommend everyone look at um, so um, uh, let's see, as you can see in this chart, around 20% of the returns were in the negative area of the chart. Um, what that means, so these per- these were periods of time when investors were buying in very overpriced markets, uh, as we had then and as we have even more so now. Um, that's paraphrased. Um, overpriced markets are prime examples of when investors are wrong in their assessment of the prospects for these markets. Um, and the results show, uh, these are the t- as the results show, um, uh, these are times when the markets were comprised of investors that were indeed wrong. So, you know, again, just um, just because the market is, uh, you know, reflecting everyone that's participating in the market at any given time, reflecting all their collect- collective opinions, uh, and of course the U.S. markets have global investors, not just U.S. investors, just because the markets efficiently reflect people's opinions doesn't mean that the market is right and by this kind of rough estimate, uh, market was wrong at least 20% of the time. I mean, uh, it goes without saying, right? Because if if you invested in the markets um, at these high valuation ratios and the subsequent 10-year returns were negative, uh, that kind of indicates, doesn't it, that uh, that the investors were wrong on their assessment? Okay, well that's the end of the quoted section from the June 15th commentary. Um, now I want to comment uh, about today, August 5th, and, and Commentary August third, so just Monday and then today, um, the market is measured by both the F, by both the S and P five hundred and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, is and I have underlined very overvalued. Um, so as of Friday, the S and P trailing P D ratio, uh, the the S and P five hundred had a trailing P D ratio of twenty two point twelve. Contrast that with back in June fifteen, where the uh, both the S and P and the uh, and the Dow were trading at Price earnings multiples of around 21. So we are in the S&P 500 today. Currently, we're at a price earnings ratio of about 28, 21 back in June, 28 today. So we went from being overvalued um, to very overvalued. Um, and then the Dow um, had a trailing PD ratio of 25 again, 25 compared to 21 uh, back in June. So you know, this is a very overvalued market. It keeps getting more overvalued. Um, and I'll have a comment about that uh, here in just a moment. Um, and again, remember that over the long term, our estimate of what the fair, fair and long run price earnings ratios should be in the ballpark of about 15 to 18. They haven't been that way in a long time. Uh, but but that, that's, a f- you know, that's a pretty good estimate, I think, of what a fair value price earnings ratio should be. So it's good to keep these, these uh, you know, benchmarks in mind so that when you're evaluating current you know, particular markets, um, you can have something uh, uh, which to evaluate them, which to reference. So the, the final comment here for um, for this section is that for investors in the current market environment, the bottom line is there is still a pandemic. Uh, so again, things really haven't changed um, only gotten a little bit worse. Um, there's still a pandemic that's on the rise um, and, and the states are, you know, the states and localities are having to go back into uh, to a retrenchment mode. We have a global economy that suffered irreparable damage, irreparable economic damage. And um, again, that uh, that hasn't, making um, a note here on my paper, to make sure I say economic, um, irreparable economic damage. And uh, you know, I don't want to be Dr. Doom. I always say this in my commentaries, um, because things will improve. But but with that much economic damage, it's going to take, take a long time for, for things to improve. We'll comment more about that in a minute. Um, And we have market indices, specifically the S&P and the Dow, that are indicating a very overvalued market. Uh, All of these situations will improve at some point in time, but we are not there yet. And as I've been advising over the past few weeks, I believe that investors should continue building their investment portfolios by selecting individual securities that offer growth and value opportunities. But now is not the time to jump back into the market um, in a big way. So just to conclude, What I want to um, um, kind of mention to everybody here, uh, and I was talking with um, uh, one of my classes uh, earlier this week at uh, California Baptist University, I'm currently teaching uh, strategic management. Um, We went through a little section on the economy. You know, I, I, I don't think personally, I don't think that the market is recognizing just how bad the economy is. And now I did a an article here in the last couple of weeks um, where we talked about the market being a system one thinker. So system one is that automatic response that we as human beings, you know, have. So if you're driving down the road and something jumps out in front of the car, you know, you react just by swerving to miss it. Um, the example that comes from one of the uh, one of the classic books on, on on decision theory talks about the African tundra. So if you're if you're out walking around the African, African tundra and you kind of know what's going out there I mean, you're from that, that region, right, and you see some things rustling in the bushes, uh, that tells you there's probably a lion that's rustling those bushes and you better get the heck out of there because that lion's going to come out and eat you. So it's that system one that's, that we all have, that we all have to have because that's, you know, that's our automatic thought process that, that, you know, that uh, enables us to survive. Um, but then there's the system two thinking, which is more thoughtful, you know, uh, slower. Kahneman, um, uh, Daniel Kahneman, in his, his classic book Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, <clears throat> and you know he, he won the Nobel Prize um, in economics of all things for his work in this area, you know. So he uses he didn't come up with the terms, but he uses the term system one and system two thinking. Well, he you know he describes the system two as being the well thought out, the slow, the deliberate. considering all angles process and um and you know and, and again that's you know that's where you're taking your time that's the thinking slow part the thinking fast is that system one automatic thinking um that you need to survive this thinking the system two thinking is where where you're being more deliberate about things my contention is and i think a lot of people would agree with this we all have system one thinking we all have system two thinking but the vast majority of people, I think, do more system one thinking than system two. And I think we need to have more people doing more system two thinking. But the point of this is that the market is a system one thinker. I mean, and it has to be. That's actually what markets are designed to do, is they're moment by moment, you know, <clears throat> second by second, day by day, taking into account everything that is happening. And, and that's what makes it a market. It's price discovery. It's information discovery. That's what marketers are supposed to do. But by their nature, they're system one thinking. And so what I think happens is, is um, you know, and, and I think that's happening right now with the market being so overvalued, the market is looking at things in a very you know, automatic um, short-term view. So we see, you know, the market sees things happening in our daily you know, news coming across, and it reacts to just that, that very short-term news. Um, and there's more, generally speaking, more participants, um, uh, including, by the way, the computer algorithms that are just programmed to operate more on system one information. But there's more participants operating on a system one thinking basis, um, which um, you know, which which causes the market then to, I think, miss a lot of the system two thinking that that should be happening. Um, and and it's that system one thinking with, with you know, particularly. Um, a lot of the news that's been coming out recently fortunately for all of us right is that we're going to probably have a, uh, a vaccine um, for the uh, the coronavirus uh, perhaps i think by the end of the year even that's really great news um, but what i've and 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 i mean that's 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 great news you can't even ask for anything better right to get get the virus under control the problem is is that say it comes out in say we get a, a virus um, I'm sorry say we get a vaccine in December, things kind of start going back to normal. Well, now we've got to really start addressing in the economy. So businesses can open back up, people can go back out and start spending again, and so forth. But in this last, um, you know, nine months—if you—if you're in December, it'd be like nine months from March when things really started closing down. We've had so much um, uh, destruction to to the global economy that is going to take time to to repair. And, you know, I've seen estimates anywhere from one to two years out to 10 years. I kind of think it's going to probably be, you know, um, probably at least five, five years out, um, you know, or maybe even out to the 10 years. I hope I'm wrong. And, and, of course, that's the big question. No one really knows how long it's going to take to fix the economy. Um, we hope sooner rather than later. But but if you look back at my past commentaries, because um, I've been keeping a tabulation of all the economic events that have been happening, and we've been doing analysis and what. Our own econometric models have been looking at what's um, what's been happening to the economy and making forecasts. Um, uh, there's just been just been a lot of damage, um, and, and we don't rebuild that overnight. So um, uh, again, things will re- recover. Uh, back the the coronavirus probably vaccine by hopefully the end of the year, uh, and then we can start going back to uh, to uh, repairing the, uh, the global economy and. Uh, but that's going to take some time. Uh, I'm going to write an article here in the next couple of weeks, um, which I'm thinking about entitling the, the long road to recovery. Because um, uh, I think it's going to be a long road. Anyway, um, uh, you know, thing, things will get better. Um, and um, uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap up for tonight. Uh, have a good week. Uh, again, please don't despair. I mean, things things will get better in the economy. Um, certainly will get better in the virus. That's That's happening real soon. So don't despair. Uh, especially young folks that are graduating and wondering what your future is going to look like. Um, you know, Stick to it. Uh, stay with it. Um, uh, you know, things will improve. Um, just got to hang tight for a little while. Uh, and again, um, uh, Cal State LA class, personal financial planning class, uh, you guys have been great. Uh, and um, just uh, thanks for, for being part of this. So that'll wrap it up for tonight. Uh, we will continue next week, uh, uh, even though we don't have class, we'll, we'll continue doing these um, Wednesday night, uh, uh podcast. So have a good week. Talk to you next week.